Welcome to More of That Presents Discographology, the podcast where a Springfield, Missouri band dives deep into a band's catalog, one album at a time. I am Matt. I play guitar. I'm Josh on bass. I'm Logan on guitar. I'm Blake, and I play the drums. And we are More of That. Party gods have created this path of destiny, and it's my duty to walk down it, no matter how twisted or convoluted it may seem. When it's time to party, we will party hard. The partiest party has not happened yet, and that is why I'm here partying with you. Not necessarily with the demand or the expectation that this be the partiest party. That with the hope if we keep partying, we will reach that party pinnacle. And then once we've reached that party pinnacle, that party paradise, we will expand it and exceed it and hit past another threshold and find another peak. That we're always in our party prime because being in your party prime is always pushing yourself to party even harder. And the harder you party, the harder you're able to party. This is a song about partying. Things have never been better. There's never been a better time to be alive. Never been a better time to be a human being. Things are fantastic. And you know what, even with the trouble and strife and problems of the world, this is the time to make an inventory of what you believe in and what you love and do it with all your heart because who knows how much longer it's gonna last. My job is to make sure as many people, as many human beings on this planet get the chance to feel good as possible. Whether it's through this or something else, that's not up to me to decide. Did you ever consider being a motivational speaker? No. George Orwell once wrote, Imagine a boot stomping on a human face forever. I can't help but be reminded of this metaphor when I listen to Andrew W.K.'s debut album, I Get Wet. This record is one relentless 35-minute stomp to the face, but as soon as it's over, all I want to do is put it back on again. Late 2001 or early 2002, a friend says I gotta download Ready to Die from Napster or Kazaa or whatever the hell we were using at the time. I gotta check out this crazy Andrew W.K. guy who wears only filthy white jeans, has equally filthy long rocker hair, and bursts into every song as if he were the Kool-Aid man. He was the least cool-looking person on the planet to my 17-year-old eyes. Was he kidding? Who did he think he was? Was he trolling? I don't remember if we had the word trolling back then. Or perhaps, was he the most sincere musician to ever live? So I play Ready to Die the Casio keyboard intro in an almost embarrassingly major key told me right away that this was something different. It proved, without a doubt, that this music was not cool. I thought this was supposed to be some kind of metal, and then the beat kicked in. Imagine a single square wave, tall as a skyscraper, a brick wall of music, screaming into your ear holes, but this is not Phil Spector. His wall of sound never came so close to zero dB without letting up for a millisecond. 
This music was like nothing else. It had no groove other than an endless bam, 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 bam (laughs) of a kick and snare produced within an inch of their lives. It was white people music taken to an absurdist extreme, and yet it might have been the most inclusive music to ever exist. You are invited. You are welcome, shrieked the thousand-voice chorus of Andrew's overdubs. Welcome to my party. Those, of course, weren't explicitly the lyrics. What he was actually saying was, You better get ready to run, because here we come. You better get ready to die. Could this be an anthem for revenge upon Al-Qaeda? There was a lot of that going around at the time. I thought it could be a don't-fuck-with-America Bush-era banger. But no, it was weirder than that. What radio station would ever play this insanity? Better get ready to die, you better get ready to kill. What was this sweaty fella yelling about? I may never know, but what I did know is that I couldn't get the melodies out of my head. 19 years later, they're still there, and I'm more than comfortable with that. There are few albums I can say the same about. This week on Discographology, Andrew W.K.'s I Get Wet. And then I was going to say, welcome back to Discographology, the podcast where we do what we like and we like what we do. I'm Logan, and I'm ready to party, (laughs) puke, take it off, get wet, and die. (laughs) You took them all. By the way, uh, uh, Blake, I had – this is Josh. I don't know if we're still – I had uh, the show where we're going to have a fun night and we're going to get off. With a question mark. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> uh, hang on, hang on. I got, I, I'm sure I have. What else? What um, else? I'm Blake. I'm Blake, and I'm ready to have a killer party and party. Well, right. you got to do it. <laughs> Guys, I just want to have a fun night. Just a, a fun, fun night. night. A fun, fun night. night. We're going ha- to have a fun night. Okay. A fun night. Is it going to be, it's going to be a fun episode. Everyone should listen. So, like we said, we're more of that, and today, uh, yeah, we're we're talking about the album I just said. So, um, Josh, you want to take it away with any background sure. on the artist? Yeah. So, uh, let me give you a little background here. We're talking about Mr. Andrew W.K. So, Andrew W.K. is born Andrew Wilkes Cryer, Creer, uh, in Cryer Michigan. Like John Cryer. He's a Michigan-born, New York-based musician who played in a whole slew of underground bands in the '90s before ending up palling around New York City in 1999 to 2000 with artists like Fisher Spooner and others. He was redubbed with his elementary school nickname of Andrew W.K., where he would perform one-man band shows with just a boombox and a microphone. His music was seen to be a mixture of electronica, metal, punk, and influenced by acts like Sparks and Ween. He self-produced and recorded two EPs on the indie label Bulb Records before signing to Island Records in 2000. And that gets us to the album we're going to discuss, I Get Wet. Uh, So real quickly, just a kind of overview of the album. Most of the songs in the album were written on a piano or a guitar that Andrew had tuned to an open tuning so he could just use one finger. He didn't like the idea of having to make chord shapes, apparently. That's how I play. <laughs> he just wanted it open tuning so he could just move one finger. He uh, he was trained in piano from age four, I wanted to add. Yes, yes. Uh, in The Village Voice, he said, quote, There was no thought to a lot of that music. It was just a feeling and a drive to get to a feeling. It made me have the energy to get through the rest of the workday. If it made me have the energy to get through the rest of the workday, then that was good enough. 
So Andrew demoed all of the songs for the album by himself in his apartment, playing the drums on a keyboard. And I should note, he didn't use loops. He apparently played the drums all the way through on every song with his fingers. <laughs> oh my he didn't God. quite understand. Wait, what do you, what do you mean re- but with his fingers? Like... Like he used just a keyboard with like a bass drum, a snare sound, oh, a gotcha. cymbal, and he played it with his fingers the whole way through every song. Gotcha. Didn't sequence um, it. Yeah, and he recorded on a program called Cakewalk, which I've right. never heard of. Oh, that. I remember. Cakewalk. I used that in the like late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah, yeah. Uh, these demos were then the basis for recording sessions that took place in the Hollywood Hills with a full band that was sort of recruited to back up him on these songs and they also recorded a little bit in aspen colorado in between skiing because i guess one of the producers had already booked a vacation and refused to change it so they all went to aspen and recorded in between skiing which just try to picture that for a little bit andrew wk on some skis you know um apparently andrew was so insistent on making the songs sound like the demos he forced all the players to play exactly what he had written and recorded by himself with little room for flourish one participant said quote he wouldn't take creative input there finally was some breakthrough with andrew when the producer had to convince him sometimes you could add instruments that were not guitar bass drums and a keyboard to fill a song out so for instance there's some horns that we'll talk about a little later Mm. so the final album is a combination of actually the demos layered over the live recording they just put them together uh quote thousands of hours were put into making sure the songs didn't sound like they had thousands of hours put into them that's what he told rolling stone uh, last couple things. The liner notes won't help you much in determining who did what on the album, as it's full of misleading attributions. There's a lot of people credited that had nothing to do with it. Apparently, a member of the Rembrandts, which is the band that did the Friends theme song, is credited as technical assistance because he met Andrew at a party one time. <laughs> John Fields, the producer of I Get Wet, uh, worked with the Rembrandts previously. Yeah, but this is an actual member of the Rembrandts credited <laughs> yeah. as technical assistance yeah. because Andrew saw him once and they like, <laughs> well, I guess, were had a good time. So, a, hey, they party. Yeah. He, he was there for him. Yeah. Um, so that is what I got on background. Uh, before we do get too far, I should mention all of this background information, or at least the majority of it, as well as the information I have on the songs, comes from the thirty-three and a third book for "I Get Wet" by Philip Crandall and. Uh, it's a great source, so I just want to make sure and put that out there before we get too far. Yeah, um, you forgot to mention. Uh, speaking of uh, musician attributions, Donald Tardy of death metal band Obituary apparently played the drums on this album. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll also mention the guitar player a little later, uh, who who has a big impact as well on this album. Yeah. Um, um, do, can I mention critical reception briefly? Yeah, go for it. So it was. <laughs> As, as you could maybe guess, it was polarizing when it was first released. Um, Pitchfork famously, uh, at first, gave it a 0.6. Then on the 10th anniversary, reviewed it again and gave it an 8.6. Different reviewers, of course. Um, I wow. Did, I did want to mention, it, to kind of take away credence from the 0.6, um, that was a Pitchfork review in 2002 by Ryan Schreiber. The review uh, contained multiple slurs, 
against people with cognitive disabilities. So uh, I don't know if they're still doing this sort of thing, but that's the kind of caliber of of writing they were putting out there into the ether in in those days. Um, So, yeah, really, really snarky shit. Uh, But (laughs) all I guess all was forgiven 10 years later. Um, Rolling Rolling Stone apparently gave it four stars. It is a 64 on on Metacritic. Nice. Well, and Blake, you already kind of mentioned uh, in the intro there your your background with this album. Yep. Um, and, and I will just say, as far as my background goes, I really, before this listen through for the podcast, I only knew Party Hard and She Is Beautiful and then Ready to Die um, as well. Those were the three songs I knew off this, and that was it. I don't think I'd ever listened to a single other note on this album. <laughs> and uh, I mainly listened to it this time through Spotify, although I do own this album on CD, mainly because my wife owns this album on CD, and so we have it. But I had never, I, I just never really listened to it and uh, ended up listening to it through Spotify this go around. Matt, how did you, uh, what's your background with I Get Wet? Uh, I remember, remember the album. I remember the, the, the cover of the album, um, you know, kind of being a, a, a striking image. I don't know if we mentioned it. It's, uh, we didn't, but we should. Yeah. It, it's, it's just a, a, uh, a up shot of Andrew WK with a big, nasty, bloody nose, and um, I, I remember that image. I remember censored images uh, mm-hmm. of the. Um, Can I mention real real quick before you get too far the the story of that album cover, which is apparently uh, that was from a photo shoot he did before the album was ever really recorded or anything. And he, there's various misinformation. He claims he smashed himself in the face with a cinder block piece. Uh, And the photographer, I think, backs him up on that. But he also says he didn't have enough blood, and so he used pig's blood from a butcher shop to kind of fill in because he wanted there to be more blood (laughs) than that. Um, Uh, And apparently he just kept cheesing for the camera, and the cameraman finally was like, just do one where you're just looking dead on and no expression. And that's what he did, and that became the album cover. Apparently it was controversial in in Europe, and they... they banned or censored the cover because it's something to do with uh promotion of cocaine use it's like yes. if you are bleeding that much from the nose from cocaine use you are doing something very very wrong <laughs> you might be dead soon yeah <laughs> so so matt what were you gonna say you you remember the album cover i, and... I remember the album cover i remember that it was uh that album with the guy with the bloody nose and the song about partying and and that's that's about <laughs> the it. song yeah just the, the 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 party song and and i heard it a few times at that time and and you know enjoyed it uh, but it it never really kind of struck me as like ooh i you know i i, I want to you know get further into this so I uh, hadn't listened to this all the way through until a couple of weeks ago uh, when I started listening in preparation for the uh, for the record here, mainly uh, through my through my headphones, and um, was uh, I guess not surprised that it, it's it's a pretty uh, not one note necessarily, but uh, maybe three note uh, uh, record. <laughs> um, the the thing that that I kept thinking about was. I, I sometimes think about music kind of in four quadrants and there is uh sad songs for sad people like uh you know like Pedro the Lion or or you know maybe Iron and Wine or something and then there's there's sad songs for happy people 
and and I always think about uh, that that Mariah Carey boys to men <laughs> uh, mm. uh, du- <laughs> duet. That that's kind of where where I land there. And then there's uh, happy songs for sad people, uh, a genre I know and love. You know your Siamese dream. You know pick pick your. Um, pick your alt rock there and then there is uh this this is the the typifying example of the uh happy music for happy people uh kind of <laughs> quadrant uh so so that that's kind of my been my my initial thought no minor chords allowed <laughs> so uh when this album came out i was probably i don't know 17 or so and i don't think i listened to it until maybe 2002 at some point And a lot of buzz about it was kind of on our local music website message board at the time, morock.com message board. Shout out. Shout out. Which R.I.P. I I was never able to tell if most of them genuinely loved it or if it was played for irony. Like I didn't really get like where this was coming from because, you know, I saw the image, like Matt said, it's a striking image and I was seeing it a lot and I was just seeing a lot of people talk about it. And I'm just like, geez, what is this about Andrew WK? So I finally saw the party hard video and it, and it just instantly all clicked with me. Like I went out and I bought it. I, uh, the, I get wet on CD. I think I bought it at CD warehouse um, however, however, when Andrew WK came to Springfield on Saturday, November 1st, 2003 oh, at the Rockwell, my, How did I miss that? my love for him overflowed. Now I'm going to tell a little story here. Uh, to this day, I've never, I swear, I've, I've been to a lot of concerts. I've never been to a concert that was more fun this, than this. And I've just, I've been to an insane amount of concerts and I will always remember that when he started, the room just went completely nuts, just full on nuts. Um, but never in a way that I've I've seen or experienced before. It wasn't like moshing or crowding or, you know, it was everyone. And I mean, almost everyone just started running in this one big giant circle in the room, <laughs> just full on circle run tribal circle dancing at full energy just circling the room for the entire set it was just <laughs> insane and i rem- i ran more at that show than i think i've collectively <laughs> ran my whole life and i used to play basketball for like 8 years it was the biggest rush of positive energy i think i've ever felt at a show and i remember at that moment i think i probably convinced myself i'm like i don't think i'm going to ever go to a show that was more fun than that and i've been to some fun fun ones but man that one was just insane but uh I'm so jealous it was of what that a, i i love it and i was able to finally find like cuz i was trying to figure out when did he come here what year was it what what was the date so i was able to track it down um, but I listened to this on, uh, YouTube music. Um, uh, and then I also pulled out my original CD and, uh, so yeah. I, Who was the opener on that show? <sighs> Do you know? I really wish you wouldn't I, ask me that. I have a, uh, I have a guess. I tried to. And I may be wrong. It, well, didn't mindless self-indulgence play here at some they point? Did. I, saw, I, I was but there, it, but that was It wasn't a, that. It wasn't that show. That show. Okay. I want to say, I don't want to, it might've been someone weird like hate breed. <laughs> like i feel i feel like whoever he was playing with it was with a band i was like uh i don't know anything about this band i kind of yeah. think it could have been hate breed but i might be I, wrong i know well, hate breed played I, here I, several I, times 
that sounds correct because I know that early on, you know, he was sort of lumped in with the metal crowd and he played like Ozfest and got mm-hmm. booed Jesus. because he was like playing major chords yeah. and you know, was so happy and all the Ozfest people were like, this guy sucks, you know? Yeah, uh, it was crazy. Uh, but no, my wife loves this CD. I think we played probably an Andrew WK uh, song at our wedding. Like we love this song. Wow. Uh, uh, this album, I mean, and uh, so yeah, it was it was nice to come back and listen to it. I think it's it's the album that I needed to hear in 2020. Nice. <laughs> I I had a similar awesome. reaction that that it was nice to to kind of you know mainline some some positive energy. Yeah, yeah. I was actually I was blasting it in my car a few times going to work in the mornings just to to pump myself up to yeah. like face another day of November 2020. Same. Um I was I was here in town um I guess in my first year of college I think uh on the date you just said Logan I had no excuse I'll never forgive myself for not being there. Oh man. But um, I I should mention I listened to it several ways, but uh, my favorite way was the 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 blood red uh marble see through vinyl I have. Oh, um, nice! It is the most gorgeous. I think I've talked about it on the show already, but it's one of one of the more gorgeous um color vinyls I have. Um, and uh, re- really cool art. Uh, not nothing too too fancy, but uh, sounded great. Very very good vinyl listen. Ten out of ten would recommend. Nice. Well, you know what time it is. Oh, uh, it's. Uh, I'm looking at my watch. Oh, would you look at the time? It's time to party, party. Hey, you party, hey, you party. I was dancing in my seat, by the way. <laughs> Um, I really have not a lot of background on this one other than in an interview with Pitchfork, he said it was one of the earliest songs he wrote as the sort of this Andrew WK model, um, along with the song, take it off. The demo of the song has no second verse. Apparently he added to it because he wanted to make it less of an introduction and more of an actual song. That being said, I think it, isn't it the... It's either the shortest song yeah. on the album or like it's, the second shortest song it's on like, the album. It's less than two minutes long. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's not a ton of background beyond that. And I I, I do want to mention lyrics real quick. So <laughs> so do I. <laughs> well, and, and what I want to say about lyrics, I was trying to figure out a place to kind of put this because this is more of an overall album thing. So Andrew WK says he purposefully doesn't, he doesn't really want to like print lyric. Like he wants people to make it up sort of for themselves. He said he wants quote people's own passion to sing along, to bridge any cloudy vocabulary chasms and result in original formed words. So he kind of wants you to interpret the words yourself. That being said, like this may be the, the words you're going to talk about as well. This is the this the first song, and it's the first song in the album, of course. But you you get some indications that there's some weird sexual stuff going on. <laughs> I don't um, see where you get that. Well, there's the obvious line in this one about pleasure yourself, which in the in the thirty three and a third book, Philip Crandall did ask him about that directly, and he was like, "Yeah, I guess I pushed into it into that," is what he said. So he did kind of give up that. Yeah, there was some 
some sexuality. It wasn't entirely innocent. But the lyric that I noted, um, and probably most of you did, was I thought he was saying, hit your face. Like, you know, the like the cover of the album, like he's smashing himself in the face. And I thought, oh, that's kind of interesting how he connects it to the, the album mm-hmm. cover, you know, hit your face. Uh, no, uh, nope. I, you guys may have looked up the words um, already. Yeah. If you haven't, do you, does anybody have a guess or do you, did you guys all look it up? I thought it was in your face. In before your that is what's face. It, it da, is in da, your da. face, but do you know what he says before that? <laughs> no. Open it's well, open your mouth. Take, we're yeah. all gonna come in your face. <laughs> That's what genius dot com said at least. Open your mouth, we're all gonna come in your face. <laughs> I feel like there needs to be a bleep for that word. I hate that word. <laughs> I hate hearing that word and thinking well, about people having to hear that word. I think there needs to be a special like sound that goes over that word so people know what you're saying but don't have to hear you say that word yeah i'll have to so i'll put a warning up that's front. the lyric uh anyway i don't know why that's the lyric or exactly the purpose but that's not the last time there's some references to uh weird <laughs> sexual stuff yeah um so i i do want to say that i think as far as my personal take on this i i, I like this song i i i it's not maybe at the top of my list, but I do like it quite a bit. I feel like it is the perfect introduction for this album. Like it Agree. just totally sets the tone for what this album will be. And, uh, you know, exactly right off the bat, like what you're getting into. And it just, I don't know. It really works. I feel like the sequencing on this album overall is really phenomenal. Um, and, and this is just a great opener. I couldn't imagine it anywhere else on the album. It's time to party, let's party, hang out with yourself and have a crazy party. Hey you, let's party, have a killer party and party. Those are the Those are the opening lyrics. I didn't of don't even try to deny party, it, man. by the way. Don't even try don't to deny even it. Don't even try and deny it cuz we're gonna have a party tonight. And you know, <laughs> we're gonna do it. We're gonna tonight. do it tonight. We're gonna lose it all. Yeah, pounding on one, touching yourself. We're all going to get in your face. Um, <laughs> fuck. This is the perfect, I think, introduction to this particular album. It's it's like Josh said. It's, it tells you what you're going to get. Uh, I love how brief it is. Uh, I, I super love how it starts out with that quiet guitar thing. And it's like, oh, let's turn let's turn my stereo up a little bit to hear this better. And then it gets ten times louder. And then it gets 10 times louder again when his vocals come in. So it just blows your fucking head off and the square wave from hell uh, comes in and it doesn't let up much until the end of the 35 minute album. Um, yeah, it, it's it's an assault uh, on on your on your eardrums. Uh, it, it's time to party. Um, I, I this was this was uh, the the party song uh, that I, I remembered most. Uh, from this record, um, I really like the synth tones on this record. They are super cheesy, but yeah. I I think that that still it, it ends up working. You know, um, it it uh, you know kind of has a a very adolescent energy uh, to it, which 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 makes makes uh, sense. Grok and the lyrics here, but um, <laughs> I agree. It's a it's a it's a great intro. Um, you know, kind of sets the tone for the album, uh, and you know, gets you ready for for the rest of the party. 
I don't have anything to say. It's a fun, quick <laughs> opener. It's straight to the point. Video for it is really great. I enjoy that. Yeah. No, I agree with everything. I, I will say, said. Uh, lis- listeners, this is going to be a hard album to intellectualize. <laughs> like, oh. not because of any. It's just, it's not an album made to be no. over intellectualized. <laughs> like, I mean, not pit- a, like, Pitchfork yeah. tried, but <laughs> um, yeah, the, the, no, no smart opinions allowed here. I, I don't think. <laughs> Um, so if you thought Andrew was gonna was gonna let up on you and let you stop partying, uh, you were wrong. Should I go on to track two? Yes. Track two, uh, party hard. Again, not a ton of background. I do want to mention here, the uh, according to the Philip Crandall book, 33 and a third book, the estimate on how many things are on this song. Okay, you guys ready? This is not including, by the way, any vocal tracks. <laughs> there are 12 guitar tracks. Oh, man. Seven piano tracks. <laughs> synth horns. 10 percussion tracks that includes drums, timpani, and an anvil. What? Three bass tracks with each oh bass playing a different thing. One oh bass playing eighth notes, a synth ba- bass playing quarter note reinforcement, and a third bass playing an octave up. You say this <laughs> as if this is a <laughs> weird thing or something. Like, what you, what's... And again, that's no vocal tracks. So it's just an assault as matt said just that is why the waveform is just uh maxed out i, I want to see what the pro tool session looked like <laughs> with all the vocal overdubs just like you have to scroll and scroll and scroll <laughs> i i will say uh so this is the first single from the album they shot a video for it i believe before the album was even finalized and released because there is an, a photo from this video in the liner notes for the cd um, yep. seems to be from the same photo shoot uh, time. So it's a, it's I, I think one. they kind of planned for this to come out um, sim- or before the album, obviously. Um, I do want to say that this is, I think, the closest the album comes to a guitar shredding. There's not really any, a lot of like solos or anything on this album for the guitar or necessarily like riffs in the way you think of like a complicated riff um but i feel like the guitar part at the beginning of this is kind of the closest you get to that you know i'm talking about the the one guitar not the one of the 12 guitars um <laughs> that's 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 playing the kind of melody part as is like the closest i feel like you get to a a straight up riff yeah yeah i feel like the piano by the way adds a nice little dynamic to this song um i just love the way For everything sure. cuts out with that piano doing the yeah. the kind of stabbing the dun, yeah. dun 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 um signature andrew wk move the piano stabs yeah also and this might be a great place to play it if you want to play the intro uh, i do love that this is another song you could add to a playlist of songs that just 
have the title of the song at the at the very beginning. Oh the other one God. I think of is is Cowboy by Kid Rock. <laughs> <laughs> it just starts with saying cowboy. Like more songs was, need to start with just an announcement of what the song is. Was Cowboy is. W- w- was that a vocoder too? Yes, it was also a vocoder. Yes. Oh my okay. So the great vocoder intros through history. I I will play a bit of it because I love it so much. Here it is. When it's time to party, we will party hard. That's the riff. Yeah. I was going to ask if that was the... Yeah, that's, yeah, I that, think, the closest exactly it gets shredding. to shredding. <laughs> well, I just, yeah. there, there is one part later on that I will, that I'll bring up okay, where okay. I think it kind of is, is close to shredding, but I think um, it's the only part. My, my, my other two thoughts here, uh, I, I do feel like this, again, the sequencing on this album is just phenomenal, and this is like the perfect second track, because, you yeah. know, you come off this brief kind of, it's time to party intro, and it just that vocoder intro and then it kicks in and you're like, holy shit, we're going for a ride here. Um, the other thing I want to mention is I think I may have unintentionally ripped this off in a watered down version for the shelf life theme song. <laughs> really? What? Yeah. Okay. If you're listening to it, it does the, uh, after the chorus, it does the da 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 go listen to the shelf life theme i did the exact same i think i i think i somewhere in the back of my head just remembered that back and forth chord progression by the way i realize there's a lot of songs that do that but sure i don't know it just struck me as like did did i rip this off when i sounds exactly like andrew wk i know yeah i should have added a lot more guitars and yeah, not nearly as. Uh, I as mean, talented there. we we wouldn't know anything about doing like ten guitar overdubs on, <laughs> on a record. Never, um, that's true. Yeah, every uh, everything Josh said, uh, I, I don't have a lot else to add. That it it fucking slaps. Uh, the lyrics are 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 utter nonsense. Um, <laughs> you work all night, and when you work, you just feel all right. And when when things stop feeling all right, and everything is all right. <laughs> I do actually really like when it gets to the pre-chorus. The uh, we will never listen to your rules. No, no. yeah, the group. Uh, no, uh, that gets me for some reason. I dig on that. Um, it's it, it's fun as hell, despite it being complete and brainless nonsense. Uh, is it brainless or is it genius? I feel like that's the question for this entire <laughs> album. Uh, it's open to interpretation. It's a thin line between uh, clever and yeah. stupid, but <laughs> uh, at the end, at the very end, when everything dies out, there's like a, in the background, there's like, he, you can hear him go like, Rah! or something. I, heard I know that's, I, that's I, my I favorite that. part. Like, yeah, I love it's a that part. It's just, uh, he does it in the music video. He like, he mimics it. Yeah. It's pretty fun. Do, does anybody get a um, a darkness vibe off of the verse? Oh, um, just the the rhythms are so crispy, and it just it just you know reminded me of that uh, that darkness song and and kind of a a classic rock revival in you know in the early nineties. Um, you know this song this early song two thousand. Oh yes, thank you. What whatever freaking decade we're in now. Um, <laughs> at 144 they they do a uh, a stereo ping-ponging 
of I, I think it's just yeah or or Roz or something, but but uh, they they ping pong back and forth. That that's a, a really neat little uh, it's little like, detail. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I like this song. Um, in terms of all of the songs on the record, this one's you know near near the top for me. It's got a little bit more going on melodically than the other ones do. Uh, you were talking about the pre-chorus earlier. Uh, that kind of descending riff that. Mm-hmm. that um kind of walks you know it's at first it's going one to six and then it's going one to five and then it's going one to four and, and walking back down uh to to the to the one um you know really is is propulsive and and works uh in in the um in the song it's just it's just fun on a plate so <laughs> that's that's what i think yeah I th- I feel like this is the true party anthem. I mean, <laughs> hands down. <laughs> party rock Uh This is what I always wanted, like, wild stallions from Bill and Ted to sound like. <laughs> like, this song rules so hard. Uh, the video, I feel like, is just the icing on the cake, though. Like, I love how all the bandmates, like, look like dudes that are just ready to play some metal. You know, yeah. just tank tops, <laughs> just black, you know, except for the Mutton guy chops. in the black socks white tennis shoes and the hawaiian shirt and shorts that guy <laughs> he he's a spirit animal of sorts for somebody i'm sure <laughs> um but dudes wearing shorts and looking like your uncle ron or something just <laughs> kills me just a but here's what i love is the huge guitar sound like and that is my favorite kind of guitar sound is just this wall of massive sound i love when guitars just like reach out and punch you right in the jaw and uh, in that slowly fading new metal scene that was inevitably, I, well, I was inevitably part of at the time, hearing something like this at that time was baffling. Like major chords, <laughs> fun, not dis- yeah, not yeah, distastefully yeah. misogynistic. I like them to pieces. You know, <laughs> I was so pumped. Uh, and I just, I just remember like, you, you know, the, the juxtaposition of like, the album cover where you think like oh man this this guy's intense like he's gonna like what kind of partying is this guy into <laughs> or like you, you know it, it it gives you this there's so many different vibes you could get from the album cover and especially like parents of th- I, I showed this to my dad at the time and i think he he was thinking oh this is gonna be rough or something and <laughs> like he, i think he was just blown away at how fun it was like it just caught you off guard at the time and especially jeez oh, it was getting ready to go into that, you know, this was right before 9-11 happened and everything. And, like, oh, yeah. I, I don't know. It was just a weird – at the time, I remember thinking, like, holy cow, this is unlike anything I've ever heard. But I loved it. I loved it. Logan just jogged my memory. Something I, I w- wanted to mention in, in the background of the album. I had a, a Mandela effect thing where I thought that this was one of the albums released on September 11, 2001. <laughs> but <laughs> – Apparently it was not, but maybe it just has a major <laughs> September 11, 2001 vibes. Well, I, I do want to say the album I most associate with that is Weezer's Green Album. And I think there's actually kind of a weird kinship between the Green Album and this album and that they're both like these kind of... They're, I think they're both about the same length of time, about a half hour. Green Album might be a little shorter. This album feels to me a little bit like the Green Album on a lot of steroids, just like tipped yeah. up, you know? But um, yeah, I have some more thoughts on that a little later. Imagine, imagine Andrew's version of Island in the Sun. Like he, <laughs> he, could, he could never be that laid back. Yeah. Okay, moving along. 
Track three, Girls Own Love. So this is a remake, kind of, of a song off of his first EP. The song was originally titled, here we go with the sexual (laughs) stuff again, Girls Own Juice. What does that even mean, though? You tell me. Is that like like WAP? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I do like that the piano is back, by the way, on this. Uh, It's it's never gone. So... I have a weird I have a weird thing with this song cuz on the one hand I love this song like as far as the the melody part this is the one where I really heard Weezer on steroids or like the Ramones on steroids um especially during the na na nas and the uh, the Weezer thing I really heard and Logan I don't know if you heard this as well that backup vocal part that's like all that you can't like there's like a couple backup vocal parts that feel very Weezerish to me Huh. On this uh on this song in particular. Um I never really thought really, about Weezer when I listened I didn't to this album. Yeah. I just I don't know. I feel like this is the kind of thing Rivers Cuomo would listen to and be mad that he didn't come up with it. You know? Like I, I feel like in some ways jealous. this is what he was wanting to do with some of the Green album, like this very simple uh, catchy melodic stuff. Maybe it's heavier than anything. I don't know though. He's a big metal guy, so maybe um, he would have liked it. But this doesn't sound like anything, to be perfectly clear, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like... <laughs> Wait, doesn't sound like anything. Oh, influence wise. The... Yeah, like uh, someone someone wrote. I forgot who now, but th- th- this this is influenced by nothing and and influenced nothing in terms. <laughs> like, it it stands alone. Yeah, I, I don't know. I do hear a little bit, uh, like I said, that we I actually hear Bruce Springsteen on a song later that we can get to. Oh, uh, you're crazy. I'm, <laughs> oh, where uh, the saxophone comes? Uh, no. <laughs> but back to, to Girls on Love, I do want to say something about the lyrics. Okay, let's talk about the lyrics yeah. for a second here. Yeah. So this is the first song on the album, Not About Partying, right? You've got It's Time to Party and Party Hard and then Girls on Love. So we're we're away from the partying thing for a second. What is this song about? Because Ugh. I feel like if you look at it from the perspective of he's just fucking around, it's sarcastic, it's whatever, don't overanalyze it, then okay, uh, whatever. But it, there's like a weird strain of machismo <laughs> in this song yes. in particular that I can't tell, like you said, is it sincere or is he just trolling? Because if it's sincere, <laughs> it's kind of weird uh weirdly problematic i guess if it's sincere but i don't think it is but i don't know that's all i got what do you i mean what do you guys think i don't have any answers here uh just um, questions i guess i mean it, it musically it does have the, the the fun factor that that most of the songs on here have it is not my favorite cut from the album and uh I, if you read the lyrics a certain way, uh, even the title itself, it can come off as misogynist straight up. Um, let's see, where is it? I, I've got shades of incel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like maybe, maybe he wasn't. 
maybe he wrote this early and wasn't all that experienced. It's got kind of a, a vibe of, uh, uh, well, girl, he doesn't say women. He says girls. <laughs> um, and you know, they, they controlled the sex. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, uh, she, I'm going to read. You've got to make her understand that you are a man is, is maybe the most offensive lyric on an album that I really <laughs> yeah. do love. That, that it's unfortunate to me as well. I, d- I don't think he'd write it now. It, it doesn't work so well in 2020. The album or the, the song opens with, this is what genius.com had. People started killing wherever she goes. <laughs> it's like a pre, <laughs> what is that? I don't know. It's like, it's either nonsense or it's misogyny or it's a mixture of the two. I, I highlighted, she gets off without you. And when you get it up, she's a putting you down. <laughs> like, like what the fuck? Um, I do like there's, uh, uh like the parts before the verse. There's a da na na na. Hey, that's a very. Rock. I feel like we bring up rock and roll part two somewhere <laughs> on every, every single episode Talking of problematic show. songs. Jeez. Oh, I know. But, um, by the way, but, I do hey. want to say, despite my reservations about the lyrics, I I do really like the melodies of this song and the overall feel of it I actually think is really good. I, I, this is not, I don't know. It's maybe not, it's like upper mid tier for me, um, I guess. It's it's, it's mid to low tier, but still, still on an album. I I love where I I don't hate any of the songs. Yeah. I think I like this song a little bit more than, than you guys problematic lyrical content aside uh in the clip that you played there's there's a sense of of motion with the progression that works really well you know he's kind of going you know going up and down uh the the octave in a way that he you know he doesn't do in 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 other songs and i think that that's an advantage that this song has um the uh the people start killing wherever she goes uh you know that, that that's just you know, really wants wants to make you make you pump your fist. Maybe it's about Helen of Troy, um, but yeah, I, I think uh, I, I think this works. I, I like kind of the I don't know if it, if you'd call it a key change or just a you know he kind of takes it up a fourth um, on the the, the girl's own love uh, chorus, and, and then uh, he there's there's piano all over this record. Obviously, you know, twelve tracks worth per song. Mm-hmm. for sure but uh th- there's kind of a boogie woogie um uh part on the on the na that that really really stuck out to me for sure yeah i think you guys said everything um <laughs> i like it um i think it's very catchy and i i like the piano part um i think the song sounds like it belongs on the album I think so far the album is sounding very unified it's the first time we kind of get a different type of song from him um so yeah i i i'm notorious for like i instantly focus on music before i even deal with lyrics same Um, same so it's lyrics are always just a very back burner thing to me um if i'm really interested i'll i'll dive into lyrics uh but otherwise i don't know if it's just because i'm lazy or if it's just because i like interpreting you know, uh, it, it, there's something to almost not knowing exactly what the lyrics are for me because it's like I can always just like come up with my own meaning for it. But uh, it's nice to know what they actually are. So yeah, and well, I mean we don't that, know we don't know for, for with certainty. And we? that I mean that was what he kind of said. And I think the other thing he said about lyrics that 
apply here is he kind of said that he didn't care that much about what he was saying. It was more of like the vocals were another instrument and that he kind of wanted everything to just sound like one big instrument that was yeah. kind of playing together. So he didn't really, I think, I don't know. That kind of errs on the side of he wasn't thinking too much about lyrics at all. <laughs> like when I write songs, like... I focus way, spend way more time on the music part of it than I feel like I do on the lyrics. I feel like the lyrics are kind of an afterthought that I have to just kind of like. I think we can all relate. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I have, I had something I wanted to mention on that that all the vocals is one big instrument, Josh, that you probably read about. Um, I think he compared it to like, he wanted it to sound like an orchestra and he said he was, um, influenced by the sound of, we are the world. <laughs> uh, he, something like, uh, all these voices coming together as one big thing, like an orchestra. And at first I thought, yeah, Andrew, it's a choir. That's what a choir does. <laughs> but then, then I was like, wait a minute. This is not a choir. We Are the World is what? A, a baker's dozen lead singers, people who are used to being center stage, all trying to come together. That's that's what makes the 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 million vo- voices of Andrew coming together uh, sound so powerful is that it's it, it's not it's not a a, a choir, a, a sea of nobodies. It's it's a million lead singers all screaming in unison. That's it's something different entirely. Just my take on it. Uh, well, I am. Uh, I am. I'm ready. Yeah. To, so uh, uh, go on and die. I, uh, by the way, so uh, this one, I I don't really have anything as far as how it was written. I did have a few uh, things I read online that I thought were interesting, though. First off, I should say, apparently this is a favorite of his to be used in video games. There's like (laughs) a bunch of video games that have this song in their trailers. Uh, Rage 2 and Hitman both used it in their trailers. Um, I saw one review on Amazon where someone that said they took the first 16 seconds and made a ringtone, which I actually think is pretty awesome. <laughs> um, it's a great ringtone material. It is. And speaking of that, and this is where, Blake, do you have that other clip queued up? I put. You bet your sweet ass I do. So uh, somebody online said that it rips off the theme to the <laughs> banana splits yeah. from the 70s. So I, I put a side-by-side here that Blake will play it and see what you think about it. Very reminiscent. Yeah, I don't. I mean, it is reminiscent. It's not exact, though. Like, I don't know no, if I. I don't know if I agree. Close. It's a ripoff, but it's close. It is close. Can I? Can I just for shits and giggles uh, sing to you uh, my little version of that song that I wrote in sixth grade? 
Yes. Yes. <clears throat> it's entitled Big Trucks. It goes <laughs> rolling down the highway at a hundred miles an hour in the sky on the ground even underwater. Big <laughs> trucks. Big trucks. You bet your life big trucks will be coming soon. That's it. Whoa. What? That's wild. I'm applauding that. <laughs> it was, uh, I didn't know the banana the, splits existed. Well, when my, I was a my uncle was uh, really into banana splits, and he got me into uh, that uh, Saturday morning uh, covers album by like the 90s bands. And uh, <laughs> yeah. it had banana so, splits. And he showed yeah. me banana split songs. So I got that song stuck in my head, and I was just like, stupid and you know 12 years old and writing dumb songs you know like with my friend <laughs> kevin and we you know write so stuff like speaking that speaking of that we uh <laughs> i threw out the idea of of doing that album as a palate cleanser i'd like to in the future um i i went ahead and i'm i made a comparison josh i made my own little clip here uh, never you know good enough res- for blake you know i can't resist um some some audio editing fuckery so uh, here's what i came up with <laughs> wow so you you good. change the key you change the key by a few semitones and and there it is that that is the liz fair version she has a backup band that i already forgot who they were that's awesome. The Pharaohs. Liz Fair and the Pharaohs. I don't actually know. That's right. <laughs> hey, I, I do want to say something about that intro, though. I realized how amazing Andrew WK is at making the Pavlovian intro, because you hear oh, yeah. that. Like, if my phone had that ringtone, you hear that, you immediately are, like, waiting for it to kick in. <laughs> and, yeah. like, the vocoder intro to Party Hard is the same way, where, like, if yep. I just heard that, I would immediately be like, oh, shit, here we go, you know, as soon as it's, like... As soon as that vocoder hits or the um, my, dee 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 dee, yeah. My wife did once have her um, uh, morning alarm set to "It's Time to Party," and I was as as not a morning person. I was not a fan of that. <laughs> <laughs> At you know six a.m., uh, no good. <laughs> that that is when it is not time to party. <laughs> exactly. I did not feel like partying, even though I do love uh, the song. Andrew WK, by the way, seems like the kind of guy that is a morning person. He seems like he probably gets up at like <laughs> five does. in the morning yeah. and is, you know, really mm-hmm. chipper. Um, I do want to say, uh, so Ready to Die, I this is a top tier one for me. This is one I already knew kind of going into it. This is the first one, I think, on the album where he does the climbing anthemic chord progression thing, which he does a few times. And uh, I don't know. I, I like it. It really works. Uh, on this one, he does it over the the kind of pre-chorus, I guess, will take on anyone, that part. Yeah. But yeah, I don't I have a lot to say other than that I like this one. Um, song yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, song song good. You know, the, your caveman instincts kick in. Um, I, I agree with, with what you said. Uh, it's one of the most triumphant sounding things I've, I've ever heard, uh, even though I'm not really sure what he's talking about. More more nonsense, but you know, victory and triumph over your enemies. Um, <laughs> it's right. Get ready to die. Get ready to kill. Uh, it's it's strange stuff. I, I liked uh, noticing the second verse. I think the melody has changed up a bit, and the piano chords are ascending. Where uh, in the 
first verse. I don't think they were. I thought that was a cool changeup. Hmm. Um, at the end, there are triplets that uh, I can't get enough of. I love every triumphant stab of the triplet that goes, and you better get ready to die, bump, bump, that part. And then uh, how it ends, it ends with like the most <laughs> inarticulate cutoff, just dead stop. <laughs> Uh, I should insert that here or something. It's it's a strange decision, but yeah, the the song is 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 in and out like a like machine gun fire. I don't know. I I love it though. I I like this one too. Um, it it has a little bit more of that melodic complexity that uh, some of the other songs I, I think don't have. Um, I'm gonna push back on our on our uh, no influences assertion because uh, mm. I listen to this and I hear Foo Fighters and I hear Jim Steinman, uh, you know. Oh, and, Jim Steinman for sure. And and I, I know that that uh, Dave Grohl was a fan, and uh, they the uh, he they toured together. Yeah, yeah. Should mention by the way, Jim Jim Steinman, the songwriter for Meatloaf. Who wrote oh. a lot of the the meatloaf uh, stuff? Meatloaf, uh, also Bonnie Tyler. Um, he he wrote Total, Total Eclipse Clips, of the yeah. Heart. I think he also wrote uh, that big Celine Dion song. I, I, yep, I, I'm kind of a Steinman head, but uh, but yeah, it's <laughs> it, it's it's got that um, in the your life is over now, your life is running out. Uh, that 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 Steinman snare uh, really came through uh, uh, for me, but. Um, uh, that and there there are some 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 minor note elements in this you know we uh uh they got a flatted sixth um on the second uh better get ready to uh to run part i believe um that that kind of you know really sweetens it and 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 gives it a little bit more complexity that i i think works but um but yes another another good one uh i think the uh juxtaposition of what makes this song for me it just never has such of a it's such a depressing kind of scary sounding song but so pumped up totally pumped up at the same time uh i like how the hook kind of uh comes full circle to complete itself uh also noticing the banana splits uh reference uh but it's very classical meets like power rock and if i knew like I were about to actually die, I would really like for this song to just like kick in full volume because <laughs> I think it would pump me up to die. Like if I could get pumped up to die really quick, I would want this song to play so I could do that so I wouldn't fear dying because this song pumps me up that much. Uh, the you know the the drums are just bombastic and um, it's the most happiest and most psychotic sounding song uh, you know that I've. I've maybe ever heard Logan. I'm, so I'm looking at my note sheet and and I have the word bombast written down. <laughs> so. Oh yeah. What what are the odds that any of these songs were ever used uh, in a Gitmo torture chamber? Like <laughs> oh god, one hundred percent. That was not the direction I thought you were going to go with that, but okay. Where did you think I was going? Uh, well, where I, else? I you were go- Something I'm going to mention here in a couple songs, so I'm okay. going to wait, but. I just I oh, I God. wanted to say it's not uh, bad. It's not bad. Uh, a, a note that I had a star next to is uh, no one else has the balls to make a song this ridiculous with a straight face, and I I like <laughs> that about it. It's yeah, it's definitely one of my top tier like Andrew WK songs. Like I don't want to yeah. you know show the cards just yet, but it's it's one of my favorites. Yeah, top tier. Yeah, let's go ahead and take it off. What do you got? You got that fresh body. 
pure triumph. That <laughs> really is. Uh, that, this, ascending this, part. this was another uh, really early one with its time to party, as I mentioned earlier. I, I didn't know where to put this note, so I put it here, but it really could apply to any of these. Apparently, uh, according to that Philip Crandall book, Andrew claims that he always doubles all the guitar and bass parts with a keyboard saxophone. I don't know if I hear that always, but he claims that that's always there um, as a keyboard sax part. I, b- to I believe it. The guitar sounds like one of the, one of those weird production tricks. Yeah, yeah. This this one. Um, my first note when I first kind of the first few listens, I put I'm exhausted because <laughs> I feel like by this point in the album, you're just like, holy shit, this guy's still going. <laughs> like you're I not feel even halfway through, buddy. dead. Like Dude, you got to live in the red, bro. Got to live in the red. But like, I don't know. The more I listened to it, this one grew on me quite a bit. I think that anthemic part really won me over. Um, especially forever it just, and ever. it's just, yeah, I don't know why that forever and forever. I just really, like um but this is another one where the lyrics sorry logan i bring up the lyrics but like the lyrics of this one of like what the what the hell is happening so let me read you a little bit here we've got we know when you're hitting the rack we know when you've got on black we know what you do in the sack because you you never look back (laughs) what the hell does that looking at me (laughs) stop watching me in the sack but like it sounds like a song like we know when you're hitting the rack, like that you would play at a gym. Like I got that kind of vibe. Like that, I thought that I knew means you go haven't to bed. been working out, bro. I, the no. rack I got was like lifting weights. It's military speak. Yeah. Hit, the, hit the bunks. Yeah. You're well, okay. Let's get to the other line I quoted though. <laughs> They'll never know. They can't stop me. We'll blow our loads. Take it off me. <laughs> we'll more, 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 more references. <laughs> This album gets off. It gets we had the, that's the second one we've had. Um, just thought that was interesting. Had to be pointed out. Uh, a little less problematic than the other one, though, because it's like, I, I guess he's just yeah. b- hey. blowing his load. I don't know. Nothing wrong. Nothing uh, wrong. Nothing wrong with, the, with, with that. Um, Sorry, Mom. God, I hope. Sorry, yeah, Mom. I know. I was like, I just started it's thinking cool. of all the people that might listen to this. I'm like, oh, never mind. I don't, I don't um, yeah, but this one won me over. Um, after, after a few listens, uh, I, I ended up liking it quite a bit. Um, I don't know. I don't have much else to say. I, I don't have a lot cause it, it is more of the same. Um, I am okay with that, but, uh, I'm not going to pretend that this, uh, was an innovative song. I do like that. There's like an, an ultra fast disco style beat, <laughs> <laughs> like before the verses, uh, that's quite interesting. Uh, m- more more piano stabbing paired with the kick. That's on nearly every song. And, he did. Yeah. I do. He did specifically tell the drummer he wanted him to play the kick drum on every single beat. Uh, wow. That was a note I had in here somewhere. That yeah, he the drummer was trying to change it up. The guy from Obituary, and he was like, no, 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 <laughs> you gotta, you gotta no, 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 just no. four on the floor all the time. He's like, he's like, why did you hire me? I'm a technical metal drummer. I'm extremely <laughs> talented, and you just want, want me to do dance beats. Basically, he's like, yeah, yeah, bro, party. Um, (laughs) I think, I think the lyrics might be total nonsense, but they come off as, as, as quite triumphant once again. So yeah, I, I, it, it, it got me. It just got me. Uh, yeah, the, the forever and ever climb up is, you know, I, I can tell that he has classical training. Uh, I I, I yes. do not have classical training, but I, I know a little bit, uh, you know, and, and it's, and it's a very kind of, um, 
musical progression uh to do that 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 will evoke that uh that kind of anthemic feel um i also really like the um the the pre-chorus or um the we get along uh kind of double timed uh choppy part that that you were talking about blake uh i also got foo, uh, some foo fighters vibes uh from this uh the verse is where I'm, uh, he's kind of starting starting to 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 lose me a little bit it, it's a little bit um pedestrian or or um th- there there's not as much going on and when you're going to be as intense as as this record is I, I feel like that that intensity needs to have some you know some kind of additional qualities that that distinguish it from just you know four on the floor uh infinite square wave <laughs> i love the uh mysteriously dubious intro like as if we're about to enter some kind of dark mystery only to be fooled again by the most joyously <laughs> crazed music or it's like a michael jackson song or something i don't know it's like <laughs> boom yeah like oh what's gonna happen we know what's gonna happen (laughs) but it's kind of like a classical pianist meets 80s power ballad meets bill and ted meets starship or something you know like we built this city on rock and roll it's like that kind of vibe to me just the the forever and ever sounds so 80s to me just that forever and ever climb I think it just sounds so anthemic and so huge. It's just, just ridiculously eighties sounding to me. Um, but I starship I, wishes. I love it though. Like I, I like it for that. Like I've already accepted. Like okay, this album is is like an energy <laughs> drink. You're gonna like drink this thing, <laughs> and you're gonna just go. Okay, there's no other speed than for the next thirty minutes, thirty five minutes. You're gonna go. So go go. I'm juice. I'm already half. You know. I'm halfway down on this <laughs> energy drink, so I'm ready to finish this thing off and uh, you just know the, power the through British, it. The British were worried that he looked like he was doing cocaine. Andrew doesn't need cocaine. He is cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I am drugs. I think that's a quote from Andrew. It's, it's him and it's thin white Duke David Bowie. <laughs> I think it's interesting how like there's been a lot of interviews at the time that where it's like, you know, not necessarily like, hey, you have to drink to party or you have to do drugs to party. But it was just like, however you want to party, whatever, you know, you want to get yeah. excited about and live to the fullest about, then I, you're invited. Come out and party. And I think that's a really cool, just an admirable way to approach it out of the, I, uh, out of the I, norm. I, I do have a yes. thing about that real quick. There's an anecdote in the book where one of the musicians asked Andrew, like, what do you think partying is? And he said, <laughs> uh, it's when you throw a pillow on the floor and then you run around it until you get dizzy and pass out and puke. Yeah. <laughs> So that's Andrew W.K.'s definition of, mind, of partying. Man. Like he apparently he wasn't a big drinker or anything. Like that's why they were no. like, "What does this dude think partying is?" Oh, he ha- he has some of the some of the biggest straight edge energy that <laughs> that I think I've ever seen. It's like it's more like let's get high on all the candy and and <laughs> make life. our moms really mad. <laughs> yeah. Second half of the album. Let's move on to. Uh, I love NYC. Maybe this is why I thought it was a September 11th album. Still, it's got that vibe. I 
so this is the one I when you earlier Blake said the thing about where you were going with uh, what you thought this 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 one I thought you were going to say something about being played at sporting events. Apparently, this song yeah. gets played at the New York Rangers games quite a bit. It's um, I mean the 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 chorus is a no brainer for that. Yeah, we love the city of our sports team, but like the verse lyrics. Well, and so okay. Um, couple things first off the the thing you said about september 11th i think that is is definitely a pertinent point because this album did come out shortly thereafter and a lot of the critical analysis a lot of the things you see talking about it are kind of about how it was this joyful celebration in an otherwise dark time and i was thinking about this song in particular uh and how it was another 2001 album um had a song like this that was more negative that was taken off and that's the strokes uh the strokes album is this it famously Mm -hmm. had new york city cops on it which uh was taken off of the u.s release (laughs) because of september 11th so kind of interesting that andrew wk technically comes from a also from the new york rock scene about the same time as the strokes and interpol and yeah yeah yeahs and all that but he's a lot more earnest than they are and just a lot more um I don't know. Um, positive, I guess, in some ways. Well, and, well, it uh, sounds it sounds like a pro. <laughs> it sounds like a straightforward pro NYC post nine eleven anthem. But he says, "Run it over, run them out, knock your block, and terror your town." <laughs> like, well, ma- <laughs> what so is going there, on? There's this. You may have encountered this as well. There's some dude on Genius dot com that kept injecting his right-wing opinions into all the comments oh on Andrew WK songs. Did I don't you see read that those. guy? I hate them. Well, so no, I was I clicking on it and this one on this one he says he obviously loves New York City because he admires the ruthless greed and violence present throughout the city in crime and business. He loves the city in an er- ironic way as there's nowhere else quite as evil as New York City. <laughs> like no. this dude has the weirdest take on all of these songs. And by the way, his his opinion has been downvoted to like super negative numbers like no one no. agrees with him but no. it's just weird that he chose andrew wk songs as the place he's gonna come to voice mm-hmm. his opinions um regarding them <laughs> uh before i pass it off i i do want to say i created something special for this oh, uh, blake you want to play my little mashup i made that do i you, thought was funny do you <laughs> have no, any context or do you just uh no i thought it was funny and maybe right. no one else will find it very funny uh, i think there'll it's, be a reaction it's, it's yeah. pretty dumb Thank you, Matt, for laughing at my dumb oh. joke. Oh, I love Matt it. has seen the salsa commercial. It's a salsa commercial, people, from the early 90s. You guys remember that one? Oh, man. Yeah. So I people over 40 will love this one. <laughs> we're we're really skewing dad once again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. For, I'm sorry. I, I was listening. I couldn't stop thinking about New York City. The way um, he pronounces it, yeah. I don't got anything. I this is actually kind of near the bottom of my list on this album. I, I it gives me too much of like a weird tourism commercial vibe. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But it's not bad. I just I, I prefer some of the others. Um, and it's so. it's not my favorite either. I I do find it interesting that 
this is maybe the first song on the album to have a lot of like techno-y sounding uh, uh, elements in the verse. Um, like you, you hear some bleeps and bloops going on there. Um, and then the, there's the bridge where there's like a robotic vocal effect going, I love New York City. It's not like not quite a vocoder, not quite a dry vocal. It's something weird, something else. But yeah, I, I, don't, I don't have more to add other than that. This song kind of begins for me the Andrew W. Okay, portion of of the record. Um, <laughs> oh, oh no, it, it's it's fine. Um, I, I I find that some of the the melodic resolutions are are pretty pat and just not particularly interesting to me. Um, I I like the verse. And I like the first half of the pre-chorus, but where it where it kind of comes back into um, you can't stop what you can't, and it, it just it, it just falls flat for me. It, it, it's it sounds pretty. Um, I, w- I wish there was a little bit more there. So you know, it, it, it's fun and it's a good you know stadium anthem for sure. Uh, but um, you know, just 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 Andrew W. Okay. Andrew W. Okay. I like that. <laughs> uh, you know, I if you slime the Statue of Liberty while bumping this song to defeat Vigo, the Scourge of Carpathia, you're doing it right. Uh, again, I get vegan. I get this almost. We built this city on rock and roll meets anthemic power pop. There's kind of a, um, I'll use Matt's terminology earlier, uh, motion. Um, it's kind of like this, you know, business, you know, workforce, <laughs> you know, worker yep. ant, worker bee churning along. Like we're, we're getting stuff done. Keep it in motion. There's a rhythm to the city. Um, that kind of feel to it. Craft work. Uh, you know, it's, and it's the 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 tech the techno equivalent of uh uh the the cracker factory theme. That bum bum bum. Um, you know, and this coming out before nine eleven. You know, I wonder if this song was well received afterwards. Well, it came out after I thought released November thirteenth, two thousand one, according to. Uh, so the shortly after, but I mean, it was recorded before nine eleven happened. Right, right. That's what I. Uh, yeah. Um. But it just seems like it would have been a good pick me up song rather than some like fucking Alan Jackson song. Like, well, what would you do? <laughs> you know that kind of thing. Like, <laughs> have you forgotten? <laughs> Sorry, but uh, no, I I don't have a lot of like uh, you know. <laughs> perspective on this song or anything uh, it's hard it's, to have perspective right but it's something that like it's it's on brand with andrew wk it's sticking true to what he's he's trying to accomplish and you know i'm still haven't finished the energy drink yet so i'm still wide riding the wave speaking of energy drinks and and riding the wave uh i think it's time to flip the album over to the second side and um i'm riding a bladder wave <laughs> And uh, I don't really have a great way to segue into a break, but you want to do one? Sure. All right. Do you guys remember when I made that salsa clip? So, side B of the vinyl 
I got to editorialize and say I love this for an intro to the second side. I love how um, She is Beautiful starts. I'll go ahead and play that intro. I didn't get vocals in that clip, um, but it, it's just too good to pass up. I have a different clip with like the the chorus vocals. I just had to. <laughs> that that is the the best ex- or the only example maybe of what you could call shredding on the guitar on the album. I think I, I stand corrected. You're it's right. So such a powerful intro. I love it. You got uh, background uh, on it. Yeah. So. Um... Here, this is what I, it's the second single off the album, um, also with a music video, which I'm not really describing the music videos like I did with Haim, because they're not quite, I can I describe think, it. Well, I don't, it's are they simple. really as integral to his, his uh, career as Haim? Uh, well, I know, it was his I just, Party Hard video was completely vital for me to get on board. That's how I got on board was that video because like okay. seeing the package, being able yeah. to see what it was and the That's ridiculousness true. of it. I mean, it was completely vital. At least that video for me. I watched some of the other videos. I think uh, It's Time to Party is pretty good and uh, pretty funny. I, I, th- <laughs> and, and f- I, th- I think that was a 10th anniversary thing they did later though. I'm not. I don't think I watched it, but I'm not sure if that was original. I want to say I. Could I, be, I could be wrong. I think I spotted Evangeline Lilly, who played Kate and Lost, was maybe like an extra <laughs> oh, in that video. You don't have to tell me who Evangeline. <laughs> you don't have to tell me who she is, buddy. <laughs> the Wasp herself. So um, I was going to say the. This is from Genius.com. Andrew WK quote. It says. I was in Los Angeles, and I went to this party where there were a lot of people. There was one girl that I saw who made me stop talking and walking. All I could do was look at her. She was small and round and sweet like a baby peach blossom. Round? And she looked proud and solid. But I was too afraid to talk to her or say anything to her. It made me angry later, and I wrote those words to try to make me do better next time. I ain't got nothing to lose. Going to throw it all away and talk to you. In life, you have to lose... All you have to lose is the chance to live more. Throw away all my fears and doubts and pride and worries and take a risk. End quote. So that's what he Damn. says about the song. Um, I, I do want to note that this is the pretty much the only song on the record where Andrew like wrote a guitar part that involved the strings beyond the top three. <laughs> like He loved just tuning to open tunings and playing the top three, but apparently he does play that intro. And if you look up pretty much every live video I've seen of them doing this song, he plays that intro he, and then I he hands the guitar off to That's somebody crazy. else who then takes it from there. So he does play that intro part. That's wild. Um, wild. I had no idea. Originally the song was titled girl is beautiful, but a friend told him it sounded too much like a caveman thing. So he <laughs> changed it to she is beautiful and uh, Jimmy Coop, who is the guitar player Logan mentioned earlier with the Hawaiian shirt. Um, I think actually it's Jimmy Koo 
I don't know if it's Coo or Coop, but he says this is the only song on the album where he can really hear himself singing clearly uh, on the na-na-na part specifically. He says he can hear himself really clearly. And uh, other fact, Kelly Osbourne would sing this song with them when they were on the OzFest tour. thought that was mm-hmm. interesting. Um, this is one of my faves. Maybe my top two or three on the album. I think uh, I, I love this one. I, I especially love when it gets to that. I don't know if it's chorus or post chorus. The I ain't got nothing to lose part. Yeah, I, I think that is very catchy. And for some reason, it made me think I really want to hear a kind of folk rock interpretation of this song. <laughs> I don't know why, but I just think it's 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 a song ripe for interpretation. Not to tip my hand to later, but it is a song that I feel oh, like you just you tipped could do. it some cool interpretations <laughs> of of this song um that are that no one has probably really done but that's my thoughts uh Blake how do you feel about she is beautiful yeah i i love this one uh i love it so much that i think the the hook deserves to be played uh so i'm going to do that real quick Yeah, that then there's that post chorus part that you just heard, which uh, I I also think is is the best part of the song. In a song where the parts just keep getting better and better and adding more and more power, then then that comes in just to to top it all off. Um, it's in an album full of of uh, square waves of power. You th- this one somehow stands alone um, as uh, particularly great. I think it's super catchy. The lyrics are strange, but in a, in that in that caveman sort of way, you you at least can get a grasp on what he's talking about. When you're hitting like that, you melt my eyes. Who amongst us hasn't walked down the street and saw a beautiful person and and thought that you know? Um, yeah, I ain't got nothing to lose. It just really ups the ante. I love how uh, you think the song is all over, and then the then I ain't got nothing to lose comes in once again. And it's just like, Oh, bonus. Uh, I love it. It's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Andrew W. Okay. Uh, I, it's, it's better than Andrew W. Okay. Um, I, I, uh, you mentioned the guitars. I really like that chugga chugga, um, that, that, uh, leads it off. Um, it, it has another one of the rare, you know, kind of, uh, minor chords, uh, of the record. The, the second, she is beautiful where where they go to that minor third um you know kind of colors it uh nicely it's pretty repetitive uh which you know i i guess i i guess that's the whole that's the whole shtick of the album is 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 is, is it dumb or is it genius and and um i th- i i think it's somewhere in between um you know but uh but this one doesn't grab me as much as it sounds like it you know it, it grabs uh, the, the rest of you here. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of this one. Um, I, you know, if you have, if you need confidence to ask out that crush, this song would maybe give it to you if you needed to, <laughs> to pump you up before you do it. But 
I just think it's yet another aesthetically fitting song that's on brand with WK so far. It's catchy. It's happy. It's not overly complicated. Chorus is really great. And it's, I think maybe it's the, I think the bridge, I don't know if it's the chorus or considered the bridge, but uh, I I really like that. You know, I, I ain't got nothing to lose. Like that part, I really like that She a looks lot. good. Looks good. And it's true. And it's true. Girl is beautiful. Uh, yeah, it's mm-hmm. just, it's fun to sing along to. Um, I think, oh, yeah. you know, the repetitive nature of it lends itself to that, of course. Um, For me, that's but, the only part of the song that has any melody. So so I, I, I it makes sense <laughs> that that is... God damn, hot take. <laughs> well, I... <laughs> It's kind of a one note, like in a literal I mean, sense. One that's the, I, I mean, that's the hook of it, though. Like, I mean, the rest of it doesn't have to be. Uh, to me, I think it's it's a lot of fun. It is fun. Speaking of having fun, this album doesn't give us one second to rest. We've so been partying for a I? while now. <laughs> I feel like uh, I might just party till you puke. That's not a good transition. The next one's called Party Till You Puke. Josh, so what's this, the history of this? This song? is a re-recording of the title track from his second EP, which was called "Party Till You Puke." Um, I, I don't have. I mean, what else can you say about this one? Um, yeah. It's it's another partying one, which you know it's up to interpretation exactly what Andrew means by partying. I did want to note that uh, Philip Crandall, the author of the Thirty Three and a Third book, ends his book by saying that maybe the lyrics aren't really about partying as much as they're about this sort of communal celebratory kind of love. Like that, if you kind of think of the songs about loving till you puke, like just loving people and wanting to be with people, um, that maybe it would seem a little less, I don't know, dumb, I guess in some ways. I thought that was kind of an interesting. I think that's how he means it in, in interviews. He has spoken to that in that he means it in that. He does say he does say like that, that he purposefully doesn't like to use I on the record mm. um, because he wants you we, to not think about the individual. He's like a communist. <laughs> I get wet. I get <laughs> wet. Is the yeah, tr- okay? True. All right. Good. Good point. Why not? Why Logan, not? Logan, we get Logan wet? just deflated God that. Damn. God damn. <laughs> so hard. Logan reading the title of the record. <laughs> it could have been we get wet. Uh, okay. To be but, fair, but this whole thing is about like communal inclusiveness, you know, that kind of thing. No, I, um, I, I agree with that. Like, I mean, if you look at all the songs here, it's, you know, it's, <laughs> it's time to party, party hard, girls own love, better to get ready to die. Take it off. I love New York city. She's beautiful. Party till you puke fun night. Got to do it. I get wet. Don't stop living in the red. This is all 
like an analogy, I think, towards like you need to live your life to the fullest. And it's a slap. It's a constant slap in the face to be like, hey, wake up. Do something. Do what you love. Spend the time. Ask the girl out. Go to the city that you love. Say that you love it. Uh, you know, part like if your idea of partying is you know sitting out on a you know a porch and and watching you know the sunset, or if it's you know I don't know running around a pillow, taking a <laughs> hang glider <laughs> off a building, or you know riding the back of a T Rex, whatever you know, <laughs> like. I, think I, I did want to note that uh, apparently not Jimmy Koo, but the other guitar player, Eric Payne, uh, told Philip Crandall that he thought the lyrics at one point in this song were, we fuck, we fight, we fuck, we kill. But the actual <laughs> lyrics are, we dance, we know, we jump, we go. Okay. I have a totally different thing, Josh. Okay. I thought this was the most insane lyric, and this is what Genius thought. <laughs> Genius.com can never be wrong, of course. And this is what they said. We dent, we rob, we choke, we gun, we kill, we stab, we rob, we steal. It sounds very negative and insane compared (laughs) to what you said. I will say I took that one from the book where it says we dance, we know, we jump, we go. I did think it was funny, though, the guitar player thought all this time they'd been saying we fuck, we fight, we fuck, we kill. Um, I do like, like by the way, this is like maybe the most balls to the wall song on the album, which is saying something. Mm -hmm. I love that synth or moog or moog or whatever it is, the... The, you know, um, that kind of plays. I also love that the second verse is just them saying go. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> go, God. Go, go, I, go. And then it kicks back go. into the, like, I don't know, that, that for some reason, it, this is the one where it almost sounds like Andrew W.K. has made himself tired. <laughs> like, there's a couple parts <laughs> where he just sort of goes like, like, kind of gives <laughs> up. <laughs> and I don't know, I really enjoy that. I had that fun uh, that he does that. But I don't know, This this is... This is in the same basket as it's time to party, and that it's just like another fun, um, intense one. It's not maybe my favorite, but it's not a bad song at all. Like it's just kind of it's Andrew W. Okay, as you said, um, Matt. I think it's a bit better than Andrew W. Uh, okay. Um, I I put that it. I I think it has the most manic energy uh, of any song on the album, and it's the maybe the closest to punk rock of any song on the album. Maybe that's just the speed. I think it's the fastest BPM song. Um, I, I realize that it's in many ways, it's, it's nothing like punk rock, but uh, it, it's quite balls to the wall. Uh, maybe the dumbest point of the album. And I say this with love, but the, the, the dumbest point is, is <laughs> as Josh said, go, 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 go. <laughs> just, just ping ponging back and forth, call and response, go. <laughs> times infinity uh that's a lot of uh critics got got uh, uh caught up on that one um and it's i can see how, how that sort of thing could be polarizing it's also a lot of fun but i think this one's fun yeah this this one is fun uh i i agree i think it is probably the the quickest one on the album it, it's the one that feels the least quantized to me it hmm. it you can kind of feel it, you know, rushing and and kind of you know surging past uh, the already very quick uh, tempo, uh, but then it also has that um, that kind of halftime section on the on the party to you puke uh, chorus, I, I guess that um, that works. I I think I think it knows to get in and get out 
fast. It's it's about two thirty, um, so you know it, it's got a lot of energy kind of packed into a uh, in into a, a a tight and efficient package. Um, I love the go 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 goes. It's just you know <laughs> how how can you not like that? I do have to say, by the way, on the goes, I do like how it, it ping pongs, as I think somebody said, where yeah. it's not just go, go, go. It's like, yeah, it's go, a, it's go, a call go, and response. go, 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 go. Like, it, sounds yeah. like, it sounds like a circle, a circle <laughs> of dudes, a circle of dude bros just being like, yeah, go. <laughs> and just saying, say, saying go to each other. I, I think it's another complete banger, uh, despite, to me, like... I can start to, I've start to feel a little weary at this point in the album. Just a little <laughs> bit. Like this is about the point where I'm kind of like okay, I get maybe running it's running its course a little bit, but I still really like it and I like how it's not really saying, you know, drink till you puke, but you know, have so much fun and party so hard that you puke from the energy and I I think that's what really keeps uh this part of the album going is the energy and um I it's like this whole album, like it's probably great to work out to like, if you're into ex- <laughs> like exercising or running or something, I could see this being great to listen to if I were, a, you know, a gym head or whatever, but, uh, gym rat, gym rat. I don't know. See, I don't even know the right terminology. Cause <laughs> see, we I'm, all know I'm, I'm not saying. going into a fucking gym. So me neither, but this would be a good one. I agree. Can you imagine Andrew WK, by the way, being like your like personal trainer? <laughs> The no, gym. I would like, like that. I would go to the gym I mean, if you were. I would be like, I would be, yeah, you would, I would lose I a would million go. pounds. Like he, he just seems like he would be constantly on your ass, He's but like so in a mo- very positive But motivational. Way. He'd be so motivational. Like, oh, bro, you're doing so good. You're doing so great, bro. You got to keep it going. You got to live at the red, bro. Just go. Never give up on yourself, Never bro. Never give up, bro. You guys know that he did, uh motivational speaking tours right yes (laughs) yes the juggalo (laughs) the gathering of the juggalos famously he did that (laughs) they didn't like him did they they did not like him they threw things at him (laughs) oh that's a shame yeah i I feel like they would they would have common cause yeah it seems like they should be more accepting but um anyway let's call out to all you juggalos (laughs) yeah you called out Why wouldn't you let at Andrew WK in? Come on. Next up on the discography, the discography of ICP. <laughs> oh my! Do they have like twenty albums or something? You guys ready to uh, talk about the great their cards? Their cards, not albums. Blake, get it right. <laughs> that wasn't me. Okay. Oh well. I do remember a kid, by the way, in middle school, trying to tell me that when the last ICP album is released and the card is revealed, the end of the world happens. <laughs> Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Very what is earnestly. this, Yu-Gi-Oh? Hurry it up, ICP. Let's so, get this show on the road. Yeah. I got been, other planes to move on to. <sighs> let's let's move along with this podcast because I want to have a fun night. <laughs> Do you think they get off? <laughs> We're back to, by the way, the the questionable lyrics where you're like, <laughs> what exactly is being said here? Um, I think it's pretty straightforward. 
Yeah, I. Th- this was the one where I made the note about the four on the floor that the drummer was told to make every song four on the floor. Uh, also, this is one where apparently, like, I guess Andrew had a hard time singing, re-recording his live vocals from his demos on this, uh, among other songs. And so this was one where Jimmy Koo stepped in and basically just sang the whole song the way he thought Andrew wanted to sing it like kind of from the demo and then Andrew sang over that and they just left Jimmy's vocals in as well, I believe. Um, so they're kind of both singing, uh, also cursing. There's some cursing on this song. The only, I think it's the only curse on the record it's and it's the, the bad curse. It's the bad curse. It says the F word. Um, you got it. got to censor it make a edited version. Yeah. But, uh, this, this is actually one that the first time I heard it, it was the immediate one that grabbed me because it felt so different. Like, especially when it, the first verse kicks in and it's like that very electronic kind of beat, you know what I'm talking about? Um, and, and I was like, Whoa, this is, this is different than (laughs) the other parts of this album, which all were very, at this point you're, you're so deep that you're used to the, a lot of like very heavy distorted chugga chugga guitars that it's it, when it, everything kind of drops out and it's like electronic for a second. I was like, wow, this is refreshing. This really kind of grabbed me. Um, yeah. But I guess I love New York City is kind of like that as well. That that yeah. same sort of thing. Those but simps. yeah, uh, I, I like this one. Um, I, I don't know. I don't have anything else really to say uh, about it. Yes, same. Uh, I, I, I do like it pretty well. I like that, that synthy disco style verse it's got. Gotta love a song that's all about getting off. Um, are you having like Heim flashbacks with the? I guess, <laughs> I mean, yeah. They, he does say he says "fun night" about five thousand times. He says "get off" about ten thousand times. <laughs> so, I I was curious about what you what Josh I, would. Think I don't know. About the it repetition. didn't bother me. Maybe, uh, yeah. I, I think it's because he's just sort of screaming it in your face the whole time. That <laughs> I tried to count how many times he said I get wet and it didn't work out. <laughs> oh, I got it. Because funny, there's hidden yeah. ones in there too. There's like oh. all like different, yep. like there, then there's harmonies that are saying it. And then there's a little electronic voice saying we'll it. Get, it's too we much. We'll get to that, but he does indeed get wet. Um, yeah. I mean, fun night is what it is. It, 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 it it's a mid, mid to upper tier one. Uh, it, it's more that, same energy, but with a, a different take on the on the synthy disco verse. I have down in my notes uh, disco hats. Uh, I <laughs> yeah, I yeah. I really like this one. I, I think um, it's got a little bit more going on. Um, the, the the disco hat verses are great. Uh, I, I like kind of how it's even if it's still four on the floor with the kick drum. It's it's got something resembling a groove um you know kind of uh on the uh we do what we want um chorus the the guitar hits are you know kind of kind of make you want to um not nod your head along uh i i think this really works um and i think that's about all i can say about it it's it's a fun song for a fun night so this song always reminds me of Fun Night at school. I don't know if anyone else had those, but I remember coming. No. Okay, well, in Camdenton, I remember we'd come back to school on like a Friday night, and just they'd let us run amok. Like we could eat candy. The there's candy. There's pizza, and uh, there, there's like you could play games. There's face paintings, and you could play some shooty hoops. You know that kind of thing, and like horse and. 
um, it was just a whole night packed with fun and you'd get like a little sack of stuff to take home too, or like whatever, you know, uh, but you really begin to see the, uh, the album's theme here, <laughs> I feel like. And that's, I, I feel like this song is kind of a sleeper hit in some ways because it's, 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 I feel like this is the pinnacle of the album in some way, in some ways, uh, message wise like i think this is what it's just trying to get people to listen to i don't think it's i can see how it can be considered dumb or you know genius at the same time but i i think it's all about fun and just in injecting some fun into music and energy energizing i don't know i i think that's why i like it so much i like this song quite a bit <laughs> it's ridiculous but i think there is a little bit more going on in it too yeah it's a good one. I think every every school lock in need, needs this as it as its theme song. Well, I could we just get, we totally, get off. Well, no, <laughs> but I could totally imagine like you know us just running around you know just chanting "fun night, fun night," yeah. you know, just having fun with fun night, yeah! painted faces and I don't know. We we're just being stupid. I it like fun you time. could change you could change "gonna get off" to "gonna get za." Right. Gonna get za. Oh shit, you just made me think of something. What if there was a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie soundtracked by Andrew W. See, now this is the kind of (laughs) thing I like to speculate on. (laughs) Yes. That would be amazing. Hollywood, we are available. Like they they missed out getting Bill and like Bill and Ted the new movie to like tie into some Andrew WK songs or something. I don't know. They missed out. I, I really want him to just score a movie now. That's well, all I want. You know, he's got to do it. I want him to win an Oscar also. Got to do it. <laughs> okay, I know you're trying to transition. I'm forcing this transition. It. Got to do it. Track 10. So this started off as an instrumental called Airplanes that one listener said sounded like Boys Don't Cry by The Cure, which I cannot imagine. No, I can't either. (laughs) Um, I think it probably was because, you know, this was back when he was just doing the one man shows with a boombox and a mic. And I don't know, maybe the demo sounded a lot different than can we this? pretend like airplanes in the night sky like shooting stars um, like th- airplanes th- in the sky <laughs> this is the one i have no idea <laughs> high up in the <laughs> skies i cry uh th- this robert smith this what are one, you doing way, here boys don't party <laughs> Uh, I'm a sad boy, ain't I? <laughs> He's a cockney, apparently, now. He's a- Hello, me name's Robert Smith. <laughs> uh, I hate New York what's, City. What's all this then, I'm Robert Smith? <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry. 
you, you nailed it. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Cockney Robert Smith. It's one of many characters you'll hear here on Discography. I only, you know? I only have one British accent. I can only do one. That's pretty good. Uh, so, this is the one, by the way, the song that I actually don't hear The Cure, but I do hear Bruce Springsteen. This is the one where I was like, I hear Bruce Springsteen on this yeah. one. Okay, um, don't tell that. me that. Oh, no. Put a sax, <laughs> I really put a do. sax on it. Uh, and... I this is probably I, again I'm tipping my hand my le- one of my least favorites of that it's kind of take it off uh, part two but I feel like not as good as take it off, um, which I feel a little bad about because I do I do feel like you can kind of pigeonhole Andrew WK as the party guy to the point that when he tries <laughs> to write a song that's not about partying you're like boo go back to the partying don't want to hear this. <laughs> Break Get to up the working overtime you know? part. <laughs> Go back to that. Um, so yeah, I don't. I don't know. That that's my sort of feelings on on the song. Uh, Blake, how do you feel about "Gotta Do yeah, It"? Yeah, he does have a, a mode other than party, and it's a motivational speaker self help anthem, and that's firmly what this one is. Um, I, I call it. I mean, I think his whole. Ovra falls into this, but I call it hyper positive power metal. I I I'd put it into the lower tier of songs on the album, but it it it's still kind of fun. You got to do all the stuff that you love. I mean, is there is there any <laughs> is there any better motivational phrase than do all the stuff that you love, even when you're covered in mud? You got to do it. This is, I think, one of the longer songs on the album, and I. It appears to be the longest song on the album, and I feel that length uh, for me. I, this does not do it for me. Um, he d- does he got to do it? Um, the the synth the, the synth, oh, the synth tone really grates on me more so here than than anywhere else. Um, the verse melody is weak. Uh, I, I like the chorus. Uh, somewhat um i i like the woes um you know i i, I do hear uh, some of that springsteen influence josh that 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 you're referencing but um th- this one is is a miss for me see i'm sensing a trend here like i feel like the three of you there's a certain part in the album that the three of you kind of meet up on <laughs> where it's like yeah i didn't really like this song and it's usually the song that i'm like no, this is a song <laughs> that actually like in so I feel like I'm falling into that trap again here. Uh but uh I, maybe I'm taking it to heart too much or something, but No, no. Uh no. but you know, there's just have no fear, go for it. Do the things that yeah. you love. Like how can anyone be down on that message? Um I'm not asking like, you know, how could you guys not like that? That's not what I'm saying. No, I'm not down um, on the message. I'm, pro I'm, that. I'm just starting to think that this album could just get a free pass because of the sheer amount of positivity and how good it makes everyone feel, uh, you know, and I guess it's just maybe I've just needed it in this time, but it's like, I need that extra push to make that decision or overcome that lingering fear. And, you know, I listened to this song and it was one of those things where I don't really remember this song too much from my, you know, earlier days. Um, it's not one I remembered very clearly, but it it clicked with me the other day. Like, you know, I've been listening to it a lot, uh, the album a lot, and this one just finally really clicked with me, and it made me feel like, hey, you know, it, it, uh, an ounce of positivity that really pushed me even further 
and it had a different message than the rest of the songs too. So I think it was just kind of out on its own. And, um, I think it kind of pairs up with, you know, fun night, um, in that kind of aspect of it's just its own thing in a way. I don't know. Have you heard, uh, his second album, the wolf? I have not. I've heard a, a track off of one of the last albums he put out. That was really there, crazy. I, was... I, I feel like he, in, in subsequent works, he continues to do more and more hyper positive power anthems um, like this. And I think they're, they are good and genuinely qu- quite uplifting. So just, uh, you know. And, Put that in your back and pocket, I, maybe. I, I really like the, is it the horns, the, like the, the ba ba da da ba ba I have ba, a thought on ba, that. da da ba da ba da da ba da da I really like those, and um, it's, it's just got a different pace than the rest of the songs, and um, I just think it stands out now, in hindsight, more than maybe a lot of the other songs that get lumped together. That that uh synth that you were you were humming there that that Matt thought was, was too cheesy. I think if instead of if that keyboard patch were a real saxophone and maybe embelli- embellishing a bit There's more, your Springsteen. It, I don't know. Yeah, and it, I think it would make the song five times better. I, See, I heard the Killers. Like I heard the like this kind of like mm-hmm. Vegasy kind of show, you know, uh, yeah. lounge kind of deal. So that's what I heard. The Midnight Show. Speaking of okay. real horns, by the way, the next song actually Ooh. does have real horns at the very beginning. I what are they real? There's there's a mixture. There's keyboard horns, and this is the okay. one where the producer finally convinced him to put some other things on it, and it's there's some real horns there as well. Well, I'm gonna play that horn intro because it is one for the ages, and I couldn't for the life of me figure it out if it were were a keyboard patch or real trumpets. Here we go. I get wet title track. And then I feel like I should play a bit of the hook just to be fair. Here it is. So in the village voice, Andrew W.K. says he came up with this title, I Get Wet, while he was working at the Bergdorf Gorman Department Store in New York where he was building interior displays. He said, I would just, I was just marching through the hall and just started thinking, I get wet, get wet. It was one of those ideas where there really wasn't any idea at all. Which, by the way, just imagine him stalking around a department store going, I get wet, I get wet. (laughs) What's Andrew doing? Um, I already mentioned the horns. This was uh, when they appeared on Saturday Night Live in, I don't know if it was in 2001 or 2002, but promoting the album, they did Party Hard, and they did this song, apparently because Lauren Michaels specifically requested they do this song. Wow. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, 
Uh, I'd and, like you to play I Get Wet. It's my favorite. Uh, uh, I Get Wet. By the way, uh, I, I don't know why, but this was the one where I thought of, of a good description of Andrew WK as PG-13 G.G. Allen. <laughs> like, you know, like P- just in PG. terms of just the manic energy, but like not nearly as graphic, right? I mean, he, he just... He's a, he's a PG thirteen GG Allen. Um, yeah. Well, uh, more talented. A lot more talented, by the way. GG Allen he, couldn't play yeah, anything yeah, yeah. barely at all no, except for guitar, no. kind of. GG Allen was bad. Yeah, that's true. Next up um, on discography, GG Allen. Uh, I I do really like the, <laughs> the episode where vocals. Logan quits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, I, I really like the harmony vocals. The I really don't care. Really don't care harmonies i think are awesome and uh i just have to say while you're playing it i i just had the thought of like god this song kicks ass <laughs> like the whole time yeah, like dude yeah. i really like this song i mean i like a lot of the songs in this album but this was one in particular that was yeah. like yeah i get wet don't know what that means but yeah. seems to be cool blake yeah I think it slaps so hard um and once again uh, the triumph is back it, it, in an album full of that triumphant stuff this has maybe the most triumphant uh intro at least of of them all and it's it's triumph all the way throughout um the, the title repetition is insane I I wanted to ask you all what does I get wet mean uh, is is the answer really that there is no answer that <laughs> it's it's nonsense what does it mean to get wet? I got my theories. Does it mean to go to go as sweaty? hard as you can? Get sweaty? Yeah. See, he looks bleed. very wet on the cover. I mean, have you ever partied too hard? Have you you ran in a giant circle at a concert? Are you <laughs> drenched in sweat, Gatorade and champagne, just an all-out mm. banger, just, you know, just <laughs> like covered in all the juices of going to an Andrew WK show? Like, I, I mean, I, I do. I do think he point. has a, a kind of a. a I don't. Know if, he like, has a work thing it about out. Bod- bodily fluids, uh, like, yeah. and and Philip Crandall notes that in the book as well. But like you've obviously we talked about the uh, the coming, uh, stuff, but you also have the blonde, Josh right on the cover. Stop <laughs> saying that word, um, Logan. You would not like my other podcast. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Um, Jesus Christ! His other his other podcast is called Love Line with Doctor Drew. <laughs> oh, Blake is the new co host. Um, I I think you got that. You got the blood right on the cover. You got that bodily fluid, and then sweat. All the sweating, puke, puke. Like I think Andrew WK's whole thing is just like get wet. Just means like fucking go so hard that your body explodes with fluids. I guess <laughs> like whatever those fluid. fluids may be. Once a, again, it's GG Allen. He's stuff. a practitioner of medieval medicine. He's got to balance his humors. <laughs> Just wants I, you to, yeah. He wants you to ex- <laughs> humors. Ex- exude your your fluids until you're oh your, yeah you're balanced. I guess, um, yeah. But so just I go hard. Okay. Well, I I think that's a good answer. I I had to point out. I I love at the end uh, that there aren't many parts. Uh, there aren't many vocal parts like this on the album. But in the background, the 
I get wet. I'm, I'm going to actually play it rather than just sing it like This, an by idiot, the way, but... was another one that I thought Weezer. I'm going to point that out before. <laughs> okay, yeah. And on at least on Genius.com, uh, for the lyrics at that point, it's already said I get wet about 100 times. And then for the end, it just says I get wet times 48. <laughs> so here's that thing that we've alluded to with that that background vocal. I hope that's Just Hawaiian me. Shirt Man singing. <laughs> Jimmy Koo. I could be anyone. Who knows? But j- just imagine yourself in a in a circle with your most your most the partiest buds, uh, just uh, screaming in each other's faces about getting wet. <laughs> that's what that makes me think of. I love it. What else can I say? Go ahead. Uh, I'm I'm getting wet. It, it's a good uh, <laughs> can. Certified freak seven days a week. <laughs> it, it, it's it's a fl- uh, <laughs> um, th- this this is this is one of the highlights um, of of the record. Uh, the the horn intro. I forget which Blur song it is, but it reminds me of that Blur song with the horn intro. It's got it got a similar tone. Man, I'm trying to think what you're talking about. It's on, here, it's on Park Life. I, I forget song two. It, yes. Um, <laughs> no. Sidebar, I, I guess uh, someone has spliced in uh, Mario saying woohoo and, and mashed it up with... I've uh, seen that. Yeah, that... that uh, it was song two. I'm going to yeah, insert with, with that here. Two. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Nothing I thought you meant with Andrew WK. No, no. It's like, a woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I I think this is this is one of the strongest tra- tracks on the album. Uh, we mentioned the, the, uh, the vocal counter melody... Um, it's got that same kind of sense of movement in the chord progression that uh, that that really pe- propels it. Um, you know, it, it's it's the title track, and it's fitting because you know this this kind of has all of the elements uh, of of the album kind of in in one package. Well said. Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of the best tracks on the album. Uh, I, Blake said, "What word did you use? Triumphant." I, I think I, I said majestic. Uh, mm. It's just majestic when it that you know first part kicks in that intro. Um, I'm surprised that it's not the the final track because I feel like this really expels like the rest of the energy, the possible energy that's left over for this <laughs> album is spent in this song. And, um, but no, it's, it's, it's great. Uh, it's just ridiculous. I don't know. It's very catchy too, obviously. Cause you know, they hammer the, the, the song title into you for, you know, the millionth time, but no, it's, it's one of the, one of the greatest. Yeah. Well, apparently there was some residual, a little bit of residual energy left over an aftershock. If you would, the final track, don't stop living in the red.
So this is the least played song on the record on Spotify, which is probably not surprising. I think Logan's correct yeah. that I Get Wet is kind of the the one that feels like it kind of draws everything to a close. I do have to say, though, I think this is a great closing like bookend. You've got It's Time to Party at the beginning, which really kind of like introduces you to Andrew WK's world, sort of like him you know, saying, come on in, we're going to party. And then this one's like, on the way out the door, him kind of saying, you know, don't don't stop hey, living in the red. Just take it with you. Don't know. forget. Don't forget. Um, I, I especially that organ at the end, the kind of church organ that has that sustaining note at the very end of the album is just. Again, I think that's my favorite thing on this album is the sequencing and just how cohesive it feels as an album. It just feels like it. He definitely had a vision in mind and sort of executed that vision pretty perfectly as far as like the, what he wanted to say and making it kind of a, a solid statement. Um, I, I do think our genius commentator friend missed a great opportunity to say that this song has something to do with living in a red state or something <laughs> uh, because, you know, come on, it's right there. He's you know, Communism. All his, all his other comments were, you know, making political comments. He could have drawn that one in too. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's not, I don't know as a song on its own. I don't think it's great, but for the album, it just works perfectly. I feel like with the, the rest of the album, I, I think it is. I, I agree. It's a good bookend, um, to just to kind of close it, even though it, it it's, it's like a, a, a two minute thing. It has the least lyrics of, of any these are literally the only lyrics. Don't stop living in the red. You were always living in the red. Oh, 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 red, red, red. And <laughs> that, then that makes me that makes me think of Taylor Swift. That also makes me think of the Fiona Apple song called Red, Red, oh, Red. Oh, so good. Uh, right? Yes, that, that's uh, Apparently, one. this was... I've never seen it. This was apparently used in a Target commercial, which is fucking bonkers to me. But their whole thing is red. It just seems weird. <laughs> I can't imagine it. I'll, maybe I'll look it up at some point. Um, yeah, it's not. It's not a fully maybe realized song, but I think it's it's fine as as a bookend. The word that I have down for this song is benediction, uh, which you know we've made the point. That, uh, you know, it's it's kind of a bookend, but it, it's it's kind of a a final statement to the whole thesis of the album of you know. Do what you like and like what you do. Uh, don't stop living in the red. Um, I don't. I don't have any other any other pull quotes in front of me. But um, uh, Josh, you mentioned the organ. I think that's about <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, party, party, yeah, party. Uh, it's time to party. We're gonna party hard. Um, the uh, the the organ is churchy, and and I think that that feeds into that that sense for me. Um, uh, it it reminded me both of. Uh, 2001 music yep, yep. and uh the That's organ it. from uh intervention that uh arcade fire song i heard that as well yeah yeah but i I, mm. I i i like it it's short enough that it's not you know uh that it's it's simplicity doesn't wear out it's welcome i i, I think it's a it's a, a solid closing track for the record um i don't really know what i meant when i wrote this stuff down but I said, live it and love it. Wish I could follow suit, but this energy is just almost not replicable. But I do think it's kind of, I don't know. 
I do think it's kind of a weird choice for an album closer. I get the book in Benediction. I, you know, totally get that. Um, I think there's some cool vocal parts, um, but I just overall, I don't think the song is as banging as all the other songs. And that's probably by design, um, quite possibly. But uh, I don't know. There's also a question of like, man, I don't know. I don't think you can live in the red all the time. I think about (laughs) when this album's over, like I'm ready to like live in the like, I don't know. The, the, throttle the back light, down a little bit the light blues uh or <laughs> cool colors <laughs> other than red so i honest yeah I'll, I'll i have more to say about it but uh we'll move on well there's nowhere to move on to because that's the end of the dang album well so, not really uh, uh, got some things you know what's next um i'll go my banger is, is easy it's it's she is beautiful <laughs> It's a, a single hmm. and with, with a music video, and I think it banks the hardest. So many choices. Um, I thought Ready to Die is pretty damn close, but I got to go with Party Hard. I mean, Party Hard is just yeah. an all-time banger. You hear that intro, and you're ready to, I don't know, fucking punch a brick wall or something just as soon as it starts. Hit, hit yourself so in the face. Party with Hard is my banger. If you look up banger in the dictionary, it's just, a picture of Andrew WK singing party hard. Uh, the, um, I mean, there, there's a lot of good choices that this, this album is like, if you know, why didn't they build the whole plane out of the black box that <laughs> this album is, this is the, vo- yeah, it, it's constructed yeah. of, of, of pure banger material. Uh, so, um, but, but, but I, I think, uh, party hard is, is the biggest banger of them all. Yeah, I kind of had the same dilemma of I was like, "Oh, get ready to die" is really close, um, but I mean, I just can't deny that it's it's party hard. That's what got me on board. That's what got, you know brought me in, and it just had that big of an effect. And I still think it holds up. I feel like a weirdo for saying she is beautiful <laughs> now, but like party hard is 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 right up there. Like I think that's also a correct answer. Um, okay, so what is your Don't sleep on it Don't sleep on it track For me, don't sleep on I get wet I mean, <laughs> with all the gushing praise we just we just gave That's that's pretty obvious Not, I guess it wasn't a single But uh, never forget about that song That is a excellent choice I went with Fun Night um, okay. It was the initial one that grabbed me And it's on the kind of back end of the album And so you You may kind of lose it Um you know, when you only listen to kind of the first half and you're like, oh my God, I'm exhausted. So I'm done. Um, but it has so much like the refreshing kind of electronic elements that I feel like, um, are unique on this album. So I got to go with fun night. I I have both. I get wet and fun night written down. Um, I, I, I think, I I think I'm going to go with fun night just because it's kind of a departure from, uh, from the, the the musical the, uh, things that he was doing in, in some of the other songs it, he's kind of branching out a little bit and 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 I think that's worth you know taking a second look on initially I I since I had such a hard time with uh, not cho- I really wanted to pick get ready to die as a banger because that's probably in some ways one of my favorite tracks so I kind of would say obviously don't sleep on that one but I'd also say that uh, got to do it is one that you shouldn't sleep on. Okay, so songs we can do without. Let's. I had kind of a 
three-way tie. This one's tough for me because I, I don't skip any songs when I listen to this. But um, strangely enough, Girls' Own Love is up there. Uh, I love New York City. And uh, you know what? I, ha- I had got to do it on the chopping block, but you- you've changed my mind. I'm going to... I'm going to give it a pass for its positivity. So I'm either going to skip Girls Own Love or I Love New York City. I, I got to skip I Love New York City, um, ultimately. Um, I also had Got to Do It on there, but I feel like Got to Do It, for some reason, just feels more like a song to me than I Love New York City. I, I Love New York City, for some reason, it just feels like a jingle, and I don't know why, but I that's the one I would skip, mm-hmm. I Love New York City. I got to skip it. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it just... It, it kind of sticks out from the rest of the album. Uh, I, I have to skip. I got to do what I should say. Uh, it, it, it just doesn't fit for me. Um, my skip it is don't stop living in the red. Like at, at, by the time get wet is over, like I'm done. <laughs> the album, the album is over. The album is you. over. I, yeah. you know, it's just over. I guess, by the way, Don't Stop Living the Red is kind of like the credits, right? Like, I get wet <laughs> yeah, is the end of the is. movie, and then yeah, Don't sure. Stop Living the Red is like the song I'm hungry. That plays I've got, the credits while you're, you're leaving go the theater, to, you know? Find, find <laughs> you're, like, your, getting your up and leaving. Jeez. We don't get to do that anymore. I feel anymore. like that happens a lot. There, there's a lot of albums with examples like that. Like, I almost want to say, like, like Sergeant Pepper. It's like, okay, we're done. Uh, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band is leaving the stage. Uh, but here's here's this other song also. While are you while sliding you're a day in no. the life right now? <laughs> no, like, I know one of the. I know that I know that it's an all time song, but it's like it's like a post end song. It's 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 yeah. a weird phenomenon. I don't know. Anyway, what's um, next? All right, so my uh, my, you don't want to play my cover drop, do you? <laughs> let me let me find let me find the right drop here. I was looking in the lab. <laughs> no, here 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 it is. I love that. I that's love a better it. drop. Good job. Okay, yeah, it's uh, that's a good one. Okay, I I know what I would cover, and it's and it's a song that I uh, thought about covering since. Uh, probably like uh, 2004 or even earlier it's party till you puke i was always like this song is is fast and kind of punk rock and i think it would it would be fun to uh to cover so uh, yeah party till you puke i kind of indicated this earlier but i got to go with she is beautiful i just really want to hear a interesting interpretation of that song separated from the andrew wkness of it just to see what it kind of sounds like so i got to go with she is beautiful you can play the opening lick, though. You have to do that. <laughs> yeah. On pedal steel. <laughs> um, I I think I would want to cover Fun Night. I, I think that it would be a fun cover. Yeah, for sure. I w- that's, uh, that's my runner-up, Fun Night. Sorry. I would go with She is Beautiful, but I don't know if I would go in uh, <laughs> Josh's direction with it. <laughs> I think I'd probably stick closer to the Andrew WK version. Even though I mainly like doing covers that are different from covers, so that's a little inconsistent of yeah. me, but I don't know. <laughs> um, I want to quote uh, Ian Cohen, who gave it the 8.6 in 2012, um, the, the second time Pitchfork, uh, when they re-reviewed this. He says, uh, oh, he was the one who said that I Get Wet started no trends and influenced no one. Eh, debatable, maybe. Um, <clears throat> he said... It just is, and I've I've said <laughs> I've said that about some things like uh, "Smells Like Teen Spirit," 
But this album is hard to rate objectively in any way for me because it is what it is. Um, so I'll give it five bricks to the face. Why not? Oh, you stole mine. I, I gave it a 10 out of 12. I, I really only didn't like I Love New York City and got to do it, which is like an 83%. And I gave it four out of five bloodied cinder blocks. So very similar rating, but four out of five, 80, okay. 83% for me. A B. Minus. A B. I think I've I've gained an appreciation for this record. The, the first time or two that I listened to, I was not as impressed uh but but i i've you know kind of upon additional listens you know it's really grown on me i i'm giving this three out of five bloody noses um i liked 11 out of the 12 tracks so that lands me at 91 percent or 4.5 guys in black socks and hawaiian shirts (laughs) <laughs> you really like that guy i do found that guy i want to be guy. that guy in that band i just want to be that guy in that band and, i'm uh, i'm more of a fan of mutton chops guy really no i'm i'm all i'm all in on hawaiian shirt black socks white shoes guy i even bonus points if they're velcro shoes <laughs> nice. yeah that's that's the daddest <laughs> thing of all uh, uh he looks like he's ready to do a cookout i tell you what so, Logan, do you want to introduce this? This was a palate cleanser. Um, in between talking about the discography, discographies of artists, we just did Heim, and then this was kind of our palate cleanser. But we're getting ready to start another discography. Uh, Logan, would you like to introduce what that will be? Without further ado, I would like to announce that our next band is Hell Paso, Texas's own at the drive in. Drop one arm scissor right there. <laughs> that would be a great do, 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 do. I was going to suggest pattern against user, um, but we'll uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Cool. Um, well, hell yeah. So excited. Um, so uh, what would that first episode be on, Logan? So the first episode, we're going to... The way the first album is Acrobatic Tenement, but there's two EPs that come out before it. So we're going to cover the EP Hell Paso and Alfaro Vive Carajo, uh, or Alfaro Lives, damn it. Um, we're just going nice. to briefly talk about those. Um, we're not going to go into them at any great length. We're going to mainly focus on Acrobatic Tenement, but I do think it's important that we at least listen to the the EPs and uh, just do a brief brief commentary on them. So uh, we will uh, pick up with uh, Acrobatic Tenement after those EPs as uh, at the drive-in. Sweet. Nice. Well, um, we'll do some plugs. We are more of that. You can find our music on Spotify and YouTube and uh, Apple Music and all those places, as well as more of that dot bandcamp dot com. You should check out other. You should check out our podcast network, Aux. That's A U X, including other podcasts such as Shelf Life of Collectors podcast. Are you there, Pod? Uh, we recently scored the scary larry show can i shout that out logan sure um so it's uh i I know it's maybe the wrong time of year now but a a, a really awesome uh halloween uh playlist radio show homage 
thing. It's uh, Logan could probably describe it better, but it, it's fun. Check out the Scary Larry Show. And we're going to. I I mentioned. Uh, I guess it was in the pre pre game, maybe the previous previous episode. I mentioned my friend Tom is going to have a new show, likely going to be on our network. Um, if that happens, it'll probably happen. It. I believe it's called Lupine Transmissions. And I guessed it on that, talking about King Diamond, so check it out. Uh, you can follow the show at Discograph Pod. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter. Uh, I am Edward James Almost. You can find me at Logan Williams Music on YouTube. Uh, you can also find more of that on YouTube. And we also have a new Instagram, at More of That Presents. And yes, uh, Scary Larry show um, I produced with my dad, who is Scary Larry. Um, we will have some potentially uh, new work from him coming up in the future. So uh, there might be some more things in that space that you can hear old Scary Larry do. So uh, thank you very much to all our listeners. Um, please like, subscribe, download, and review is, and uh, share as much as you can. Uh, we hope that you're enjoying it. And thank you to listeners who are posting your own reviews, your own bangers and, and don't sleep on it, and making your own playlists. That, that's uh, so awesome. I, I never thought people would get that oh, yeah. into it, but I'm super glad that they are participating and, and playing along. I think that's what it's, it's all about. So keep it up. Don't stop living in the red. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I know we've been signing off with remember to listen to music, but I feel like you should say remember to listen to music and party. Uh, no, I had something. What was I going to no. say? Oh, okay. Um, so we're more of that. And uh, as always, you got to do all the stuff that you love. I don't know. <laughs> I, I could do it. Fade up the music there. right there. Okay. That'll be good. Rolling down the highway at 100 miles an hour in the sky on the ground.